Joey Baker has made his transition to elsewhere. So we're going to talk to uh, JJ Jackson of Locked on Blue Devils about Joey's decision to leave because we have him here in front of us. But more importantly, guys, we got to get the man who knows Wendell Moore Jr. the best. Why is he the senior leader that may make the best out of his NBA career? I don't know. JJ might have the answer. Let's get it. on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. We've got J.J. Jackson in the building, Locked On Blue Devils host back with us. We know that he is so talented, so it's it's hard to get him. Got to make sure he's booked and busy when it comes to that softball world. And we know in the world of NCAA, the softball and baseball is in full regime. So I'm happy to have J.J. here. I hope that you are doing well, my friend. I am doing very well, Candace. Excited to make a return to Locked On ACC. And yes, as you said, all my work that I do, uh, this time of year in the college softball world with play-by-play duties. It keeps me busy. It sends me all over the country. But ACC specifically, several teams, the most teams ever, are going to the Super Regional levels. And then we're already in baseball conference tournament action as they get set for the NCAA tournament right around the corner. And then all things Duke every day. It's all basketball in my mind. I try to keep up with everything. Uh, and I'm certainly glad to be back with you here on the podcast. No doubt about it. And a lot of uh, to go over, especially in terms of the fact of, ba- of basketball. But, you know, as you mentioned, there is some baseball action going. It is conference time. And so we've got our first slate going on here. And we're just really excited about some good action. Do you have any baseball guys that you're like, all right, this team got to look out for? Yeah, I'm trying to get back into uh, the swing of things in terms okay. of the ACC baseball perspective. I will say following Duke specifically, we're getting set in here this week. We're seeing the ACC baseball tournament get started. And -hmm. we're talking about a tournament that last year, the Duke Blue Devils won a really exciting finish for Duke. They won the tournament game over NC State. This season, Duke baseball, a very bad year. They didn't even (laughs) make it into the ACC tournament. So their season has already come to a close. And then I'll also add, very interesting that this past weekend, the final weekend of the regular season, Georgia Tech swept Pitt and then lost today to Pitt in that game. And then also NC State in their final weekend of the baseball season got swept by Wake Forest. And today at the tournament, you change sides to <laughs> go to Charlotte to play these games. And NC State came out on the winning side of things. So uh, it's such an unpredictable event each and every mm-hmm. year, but I'm going to be glued and I'm going to be watching it. The North Carolina Tar Heels looked like they weren't even going to make the tournament. They've now won five of their last six games. So some teams are really playing good baseball for sure. Absolutely. And at the time we're recording this, Carolina is getting ready to face off for Clemson. And I think just overall, I'm excited just to see. I'm always a big College World Series fan. And it's actually funny because during the time of Olympic trials, College World Series usually at the same time. So you get to see some baseball. So I got to see Coastal Carolina win the College World Series back in 2016. So I always have a soft spot for those guys. And, you know, obviously have some great ACC folks these past couple of years, NC State. They might not have the same story as they did last year, but nonetheless, you know, I think it'll be a good year for baseball. So that's all good and well. Now, what I want to talk to you about is, first and foremost, because I have you here, Joey Baker. I had a whole episode about it, him deciding to transfer. And I think the timing of it was so crazy. But, 
you know, people do what they got to do. We'd love to get your thoughts. You know, we talked about, I talked about what Coach K said. I talked about, you know, what the new era was, but I didn't hear from Coach Shire. So I don't know if you have the inside scoop, whether or not Shire made any statements about um, Joy Baker's decision to go on to the next level. Or go yeah, he, else. He, uh, he hasn't specifically said anything regarding Joy Baker's decision to enter the transfer portal. The timing was a little bit weird. It was past the deadline, so he's going to have to apply for a waiver to play next year. He's going to get that waiver. He's got his degree. He's coming over as a graduate student. There's nothing you can do that can prevent Joy Baker from playing basketball next season. It's just a formality that has to take place. And the internet really was upset <laughs> by the idea that Coach K – had a statement as opposed to John Shire. And it kind of baffled me a little bit because, yes, John Shire is taking over the Stuke basketball program, but Coach K was the acting head coach for Joey Baker for four years. From the moment he was recruited in high school all throughout his four-year career, Coach K was there every step of the way. And so mm-hmm. it's fitting for a player on his final roster for Coach K to be the one that releases the statement. I think for Joey, it was an up-and-down career. Uh, He had limitations on the defensive end of the floor for Duke, but no one is denying his three-point shooting ability. And I think he was just looking at next year's roster and the idea that Duke has been very active in the transfer portal, pursuing the likes of A.J. Green, a transfer from Northern Iowa. I think Joey Baker had honest conversations with himself and realized, I might not be playing as much Again, next year, while I've got this extra year of COVID-19 eligibility granted to me, let's go make the most of it and play somewhere else. I've got my Duke degree. I played four years at the highest level. Let's see where else I can go and play. And I think that's what Joey wants to do. Now, JJ, I know you're a company man, and I know you always say that things are right, but you didn't find it a little bit shady that Shire didn't say anything, no statement. Like, you're the head coach now. You're supposed to be saying, like, I wish him nothing but the best. Like, I want him to do right. Like, all, it's okay. We're, it's a safe space. We're family here. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I definitely understand. Like I said, I'm aware of the fact that the Internet's been freaking out about this. But, yeah. And I know, but my thing is, like, if you ask John Shire, that's what he would say, Candace. He would say, <laughs> we wish him nothing but the best. We're thankful for what he did. Like, yeah. is that necessary? Do you really need to hear that? Because you know it's yes. what he's going to say. And the yeah. fact that people just forgot that Coach K was his head coach for four seasons, that that's what baffled me. Yeah. And listen, at a place like Duke, you do mention, you, know, you look at the roster and you say, where do I kind of fit? I would say for myself, it has to be difficult when you've already struggled with your sort of identity of where you fit on a team to try and like look at these young guns and you know not get picked as well. And when you're an older, you know, you're a vet on the program when you're thinking maybe this is finally my shot. It's got to be tough to like have that honest conversation with yourself that it's just not going to be Duke. No, absolutely. I mean, look, you're looking for other opportunities now that you know that that Duke wasn't the best spot for you in terms of production that you had on the floor, opportunity, or whatever it may be. But this isn't the first thing that this has happened. And Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Duke is known for being a one-and-done school over the last decade or so, but they have still had transfers. They had multiple transfers after last season. A couple of freshmen and Jamin Brakefield and Henry Coleman left to go pursue other opportunities. Coleman goes to Texas A&M. Brakefield goes to Ole Miss. And then a player like Jordan Goldwire did the exact same thing that Joey Baker's doing. Goldwire got his degree from Duke and then decided to go play another season of basketball at Oklahoma this past season in the Big 12. Like, we've seen things like this before happen. Uh, It's just uh, the latest incident here with Joey Baker, and it's also the fact that it was after the deadline took place. The timing was what's interesting with this. Uh, I just think it's due to the fact that Duke is considering 
bringing in more players to the roster. Maybe Duke kind of broke Joey. Like, maybe they broke his spirit. I don't know. Like, the guy was, you know, hype. He was one of the top players in the state. Like, all of these good things in emotion. And we say all that, and maybe he'll figure it out. But, you know, those people in North Carolina, they are looking for a sharpshooter who has, you know, the lack of melanin. So I'm not saying that Joey should go ahead and dip his tail across the way. But will you ever think that would happen? It's okay. We, it's, again, it's a safe space. JJ. Throw it yeah. out there. Joey Baker, do you and see? Okay, no. <laughs> we will see. I, I, I don't have any updates or any idea really where he's going to play next season. I'm going to be very curious. Yeah. And uh, every game they play, I'm definitely going to be checking in on the box score to yeah. see how well Baker performed. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where he ends up. All right, Joey, go ahead to Carolina. It would be it would be good for me. I think it would be a fun conversation for JJ and have, I to have in the future. Now, our partners at Bet Online certainly have some bets in the mix that you should definitely check out. It's the number one source for all of your betting needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports information, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all the sports wagering information for live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're here with J.J. Jackson of Locked on Blue Devils. And J.J., we're talking about basketball here, and I know I had mentioned BetOnline and there being some playoff action. Have you got to check out the great Jason Tatum? You know, I know this is a one-off, but have you had the opportunity to see the star in motion 2-2 series tied with the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics is certainly rolling? Of course. He's been an (laughs) incredible player this season. He's got to go down as a first-team All-NBA type player, one of the five best players in the league. Uh, He's been incredible, and he's leading Boston Throughout the postseason, as you said, they're tied 2-2. It's now a best-of-three-game series, essentially with the Heat for the right to go to the NBA Finals. His rise in the game, he truly is a star at the NBA level now, and it's been a whole lot of fun to watch. I talk about it a good bit on Lockdown Blue Devils because we love supporting the former Dukies that are now playing in the NBA, and Tatum's the latest of them. Yeah, there's quite a few. I think this has definitely been a breakout year for Jason. It's been exciting to see him sort of take center stage and kind of be what everyone has expected him to be, especially being on the Celtics. I know there's so much pressure probably playing for a team like Boston. So that's definitely been cool. But there are other players that are looking to be like the Jason Tatums of the world. We talked a little bit on yesterday's show about the NBA draft and some of the guys who are looking at their names called. So I wanted to talk about one that we didn't get to mention before we go into some other ones, Wendell Moore Jr., He's been that that veteran that you know had a tough time not for you know playing but just for life and scenarios there at Duke going on and now he has his opportunity to hear his name called or even get the opportunity to play on some of these teams here or play on a team in the future. We'd love to just get your insight on Wendell and where do you think he may end up during the NBA draft process? It looks like Wendell's trending to be a first round pick. I think when you look at where he's projected to go, I would say the twenty five to forty range is kind of where I've seen the most Wendell Moore Jr. projections. So obviously at pick 30, that's when it cuts off and goes from the first round to the second round. But 25 to 40 is kind of the area that I've been seeing him play. Uh, His wingspan was really impressive at the NBA Combine. We've always known that at Duke, that he's such a great defender because his arms are so gosh darn long and he can be elite on the defensive end of the floor. His shot improved each and every year that he was at Duke, and I could truly see him being a good knockdown shooter at the next level. He had the iconic moments from his freshman season, the putback layup at the buzzer to beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Uh, I think an NBA team is going to absolutely fall in love with him. And the idea that he is just a junior 
but still only 20 years old. He is so young mm-hmm. for his class. That still is something that NBA teams like, how young he is, because you've got more years of development that you can work with when you're looking at Wendell Moore Jr. So uh, I think a team is going to make a home run selection when they draft Wendell, and it's another case of I'm fired up to get to the end of June and know what teams uh, picks him. Yeah, we're less than a month out, and definitely you being on his side. I wonder if, though, you know, sometimes when you have so many good people on your team, you get overlooked, and you kind of, they miss you, because they're just like, oh, we're talking about Paolo, we're talking about Mark, you know, we're talking about Trevor, we're talking about all these guys. Do you feel like he's been lost in the sauce just a little bit when it comes to these NBA draft conversations? Yeah, I mean, when you're playing on a team that's got already three (laughs) lottery picks, I can imagine that you are going to feel uh, a little bit lost in the sauce, so to speak, because you've got Paulo, who's in the argument for number one overall. You've got uh, A.J. Griffin, who's going to be a lottery pick. And then Mark Williams will be a lottery pick mm-hmm. in this year's draft. That was not expected to be the case going into the season, but his defensive numbers were just so astronomically amazing this season. He led all of Division One basketball with dunks, which is a good thing to be that yeah. close to them and be able to knock it down. He was the only player in the country to shoot greater than 70% from the floor and the free throw line. So he's a surefire lottery pick, and that's the reason Wendell's kind of forgotten about. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so let's get into just a quick conversation about some of these guys. Yesterday I talked about Paolo and his plan of, you know, I lose seven pounds per game. I'm working on that myself. You know, every time I get on the floor, I run about four miles, you know, just walking around being at my everyday self. Now, am I trying to be a number one pick in the NBA draft? Of course not. However, if I'm a commissioner or not commissioner, if I'm a GM and I'm saying to myself, if I'm going to be hesitant to pick this guy, it may be because of these issues. What can people say, like, these might be faults, but still know that Paolo is going to deliver for them on their respective team? I think anytime we get into NBA draft season, which we're currently in right now, and you're evaluating who's going to be the number one pick, and at the college basketball world right now, that number one pick is mainly down to three guys. It's Chet Holmgren at Gonzaga, it's Jabari Smith Jr. at Auburn, and then it's Paolo Bencaro at Duke. I think you really start to overthink a lot of this. And you try Mm -hmm. to think about those questions that you're bringing up. And for Paulo Banquero, you want to go to the start of the year where he had the cramping issues in those big time games. But to sort of rebuttal any of that, I think the biggest thing to do is just turn on the tape. Every big game that Duke played in this season, Paulo delivered. He was the best player on a Duke team that won the ACC regular season championship and made it all the way to the final four. His highlights should speak for himself. His ability to put the ball on the floor, attack the rim, and finish should speak for itself. His mid-range shot, his three-point shot. I mean, he's he's just all in all a really impressive player, and a team will make a really good selection when they draft Paulo Bencaro. No doubt. You know, I, I would say, back to my original comment about the four and they're being getting lost in the sauce, sometimes I felt as if Paolo would go missing only because maybe it's because he's too nice. He wants to share the floor. He wants to share the ball. All of those good things that you want a good teammate to be. But sometimes I was looking for Paolo to just go ahead and do the damn thing, right? Just go out and dominate. Like, clearly, AJ's having an off night. It's on you, big dog. Like, it's on you to just take over. And, like, there were moments where he did that. But the other times that I felt like he was just trying to encourage where it was like, I'm going to give the shot. No, 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 no. No more giving shots. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're right there. Go ahead and do it. The one the one time that didn't go in his favor, the one, like, if you were to pick a, the, the worst game of the season for Paulo that comes to mind for many people, uh, I, I think the automatic answer right away would be the last game of the regular season in Cameron Indoor, the final game at Cameron Indoor for Coach K when they were playing North Carolina. Because that game, Paulo shot, 
near 30 attempts per game. Like we're shooting it every single time <laughs> down the floor and yeah. could not buy a bucket. Yeah. And that was an instance where AJ Griffin kind of disappeared and Wendell Moore Jr. came and went in the game. Trevor Keels did have a better game, if memory holds correct for me. But Paulo in that game was way too overly aggressive and mm-hmm. shots were not falling. So that would have been the game where it's like, okay, you know, maybe you do want to rely on some of those amazing players sure. that you got out there alongside you. Sure. And then you have this island assassin that I love to call him, AJ Griffin, that I think is just going to be so good in the league. I'm really excited to see him take over because I just feel like he's the guy that everyone's like, yeah, we talk about him. We know he's going to be the stud, but like, do you really know? Like, do you really get how good AJ Griffin's going to be? How do you feel about him in his draft evaluation? He's going to be amazing. I mean, he was an incredible shooter. He shot nearly 50% from three-point range. He is kind of that quiet guy for Duke. Uh, The fact that he was able to play a full season and avoid any major injuries was a great success because he did not have that fortune in his final two years of high school basketball. He got banged up a good Mm -hmm. bit. So the fact that he stayed healthy all year long was outstanding. He comes from a big basketball family. His Mm -hmm. dad is currently an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors in the NBA. So AJ was made to play professional basketball in the league. And I can't wait for him to get that opportunity. No doubt about it. And then finally, my big man, Mark Williams, as you mentioned, I think he's the most NBA ready. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, if you just look at what we're trying to classify big man as, like I'm ready to go back to the Mr. Fundamentals. Like I'm ready to go back to the guy who was in in the paint. He just dominated. He made his free throws. He does what he has to do. And Mark, that's who Mark Williams is for me. Yeah, I mentioned it. 96 dunks led all of Division One basketball. I've done a lot of Mark Williams prep. I've been on a couple of various locked-on NBA team shows yeah. to do a preview because some teams are really looking for their next big man. And one of the big numbers that stood out to me, I wrote it down here in my notes for Mark, he's one of only seven players since 2007-2008 to have 95 or more dunks in a single season. Here's the list. Yudoka Azubuki at Kansas – Montrez Harrell at Louisville, Obi Toppin, Taco Fall, Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, and Mark <laughs> Williams. He was phenomenal this season. He blocked <laughs> the rim very well. Uh, had one of the best block shot seasons in the history of Duke men's basketball. He's going to be a hell of a draft pick at the NBA level. Yeah, absolutely. Man, some good stuff there. And then I believe Trevor Keels is also going through the draft process, correct? He's not, he's not returning to Duke, right? He is. Yeah, he, okay. he technically has left that door open. He's got okay. until June 1st, so okay. one week from today, to make the final call of I'm going to stay in the draft or I am going to come back to Duke. But my opinion that I've been saying, I don't think he comes back to Duke. I do think Trevor hmm. Keels stays in the draft process, and I'm excited to see what his game looks like at the next level. If he comes back to Duke, the one thing to work on would just to have more of a consistent three-point shot. Why do you think he goes and doesn't stay at Duke for another year under Shire? I think he's just ready. I think he had a really good combine. He was very impressive. People fell in love with his uh, highlights from his combine. Paulo (laughs) tweeted, like, crying emojis that he felt that moved by Trevor Keel's NBA <laughs> combine workout. Those guys awesome. truly love one another. And I think he's so excited about the idea of starting a professional career. It's nothing against Duke. I think Trevor's just ready to get to the league, ready to get paid, ready to start that next phase of his life. Uh, and he's proven that on big stages, he can't perform well. 
a thousand and three percent. Listen, I'm cool with all of that. And I think that ultimately when guys have a great opportunity to go to the next level, you should do it. So, you know, JJ, we're here and I always get to talk to you about basketball stuff and I, I want to keep this up. So I would say you're looking at next season. You're already pumped about this 12 five stars you got going on here at Duke. Is it the same energy we had last year where Duke is already number one? We can already, you know, get your ticket to Houston. We're already going in the final four. Like, we're, we're going to championship. I don't even need to have any debates as we get prepped for basketball season. I, I think that people would pump the brakes just a little bit because okay. there is the unknown of what the Shire era truly looks like. But uh, I'm not that guy. I'm definitely like, <laughs> optimistic. They've got the number one recruiting class in the country. They've got yeah. – uh, Jeremy Roach coming back for his third season at that point guard spot, which is so big. It looks like they're going to be bringing in one of the top transfers in the country. So, uh, yeah, I'm jazzed. I'm really fired up to watch this Duke <laughs> basketball team. Now, you know, we know Duke fans. There's the highs of the highs, the lows of the lows. How do people not panic when J- when Shire has hiccups? Because they're coming, right? We all know that, you know, being a first-year coach, people are already going to be ready to be like they, I mean, we saw it with Hubert, right? It was like, oh, my gosh, this is he doesn't understand the Carolina way. He doesn't understand the tradition, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't know what he's doing. Then he starts winning, and then everybody shuts up. How quickly do you think Shire, fa- Shire folks are going to be panicking? And then how soon do you think they're going to get it back together by the time of the end of the season? I mean, it's a it's a very fair question to ask me, yeah. Candace. But at the end of the day, fans are going to be fans. And no matter what I say, there's still going to be those <laughs> moments of panic. And when I tell yeah. you it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. I mean, I was talking about this. I had a question uh, in my Mailbag Monday episode of Locked on Blue Devils earlier this week about, like, are you surprised at how successful John Shire has been recruiting and if it were at any other school than Duke, the answer would be absolutely yes. But yeah. Duke has clearly proven that they can recruit at a high level, and Shire has been that main recruiting guy. The number one class in 2022 and 2023, he's yeah. already gone to freshman in high school and offered like the top four players in that recruiting class because he's already done with this other class. Like he's already working yeah. that far ahead. Like the guy is going to be successful. Yes, there are going to be hiccups along the way because he's human and other mm-hmm. teams are going to be making moves and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, I would just tell people, don't freak out. It's going to be okay. You saw it happen with Hubert Davis at North Carolina mm-hmm. and uh, things are going to be fine. Things are going to be fine for Duke. Well, you know, I almost think there's more pressure on him because Hubert actually did all decent, right? You went to the whole final championship. You didn't win. So it's like, listen, Hubert in his first season, they're in a national championship contender. Pick it up right where you left off, blah, blah, blah. Like there, To me, there's almost more pressure because of who, you know, made it happen. But I think the X factor for Duke is going to be Kai Williams. I think how he is – is Kai, is Kai Williams, right? Is it Williams? Is it Kai? Who's Coach Kai? You know who I'm talking about. The assistant coach. The new recruiting coach, Jay Lucas. Yes. God, why did I see Kai? And his name is Jay. It's J-A-I, is it not? Yes, correct. Okay. It is J-A-I. I saw K-A-I in my yes. head. I'm pretty. It's fine. I don't care. Um, Jay Lucas. I'm like, I, I saw Kai Williams, but it's really Jay, Jay Williams, but then it's actually Jay Lucas, but it's fine. Whatever. We roll. Here we are. Here we he's are. He's going to be awesome. He's a, he's a big addition. He's the number two recruiter in the entire Thank country. You. Uh, John Shire was number one. They're now on the yes. same staff together. Like it's, you got it's me. insane what they're going to be able to do. That's the X factor to me because 
All the guys who are going to go to Kentucky are now going to say, hey, wait, wait a minute. I pumped the brakes. I'm going to go ahead to Duke. But we also talked about the fact that one of the best recruiters for Duke, Nolan Smith, going to Louisville. Let's get Louisville back in the conversation. I think that's going to be interesting to see this yeah. basketball season, right? Because we were so used to having some of the top dogs, and now Louisville's trying to re-enter the conversation. We're, we're really close to just, you know, Duke's already been the number one recruiting class for several years running. Kentucky's been absolutely great, and we're really close to a total takeover in the recruiting <laughs> world for Duke men's basketball. The last thing that we need to have happen is for Drake to turn in his big blue nation gear <laughs> and join the brotherhood. The moment that happens, we're going to be Man. in good hands. Man, you know the rap the rap song is on its way. Like, yeah. I haven't heard a, a Duke rap lyric in a long time, but I feel like it's on its way. It's so. coming. Yeah, listen, a Paolo Bencaro lyric is on its way. As soon as the draft names get called, we're we'll, right. we'll good to go. JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show and get to talk some hoops with you. But can you please remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Absolutely. Listen to Locked On Blue Devils every single day, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Locked On Blue Devils on YouTube to watch the show. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Enjoyed being reunited with you, Candace. This was a lot of fun. Always a pleasure, guys. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Make sure you're prepped and ready. Locked on NBA Draft Podcast. If you haven't listened to Raphael Barlow, you make sure you check him out. He has a lot of good things, as well as my conference shows, Locked on Big 12, Big 10, SEC, and the ACC. And then there's also the Pac-12. There's a lot of good things happening around those conferences, so make sure you check them out for Candace Cooper and J.J. Jackson. Until next time.